Good morning. It is a good morning. It's great to be here. Great to see you. Great day to uh, to celebrate a perfect example. And this morning, uh, that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about Christ, our perfect example. And then for the next few weeks, I'm going to talk about following our perfect example. Um, have you ever um, have you ever been called to do something you didn't feel worthy of? You weren't good enough. I I have. I, I know as a pastor, I have. I've actually been a part of some funerals, and I thought, what in the world can I say that's going? To be more than the, the, the sermon this person's lived their whole life. How can I add to it? And then in those cases, and when we think about that, which I'm going to get to in a minute, um, we've got to remember it's not about us. It's not about us. It's not about how we feel, how worthy we feel. You see, we have a perfect Savior. A perfect Savior who came here and lived a perfect life. And that's whose power we need to uh, concentrate on. Um, if you look in the classroom, I've actually felt unworthy a few times also. Um, just looking at uh, some of the kids and students I've had the pleasure to teach and coach throughout the years, and I, and I look and I say, man, how can, you know, I'm called to teach them, and they're so gifted. Many of them are so gifted. Again, I have to remind myself, it's really not about me. It's about a calling. It's about following that calling. And this morning, I'm going to talk to you about uh, his perfect example, or, or following our perfect example. I'm going to read the account of uh, the baptism of Christ. It's found in Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Then, Je- then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented it saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved with whom I'm well pleased. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, again, just thank you so much for for this scripture, Lord. Thank you for for sending Jesus, Lord, to, to give us an example, Lord. Thank you for his perfect life. Lord, I just pray that if as we study this scripture... 
that we set our sights on being more like Jesus Christ every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Christ, our perfect example, or his perfect example. Either way, we've got to know that we're looking towards a perfect example. A perfect example. Again, I felt uh, insecure before with some of the things that I've been called to do. <clears throat> Sometimes I felt uh, maybe that I wasn't good enough to complete a task that's been laid my way. And again, when I think like that, when I start praying, again, Jesus always reminds me. I'm always reminded that I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be perfect. I've been equipped with whatever job that, that, that has been laid on me or, or that I've been called to do, and I don't rely on my power or my perfection. But I've got to follow Christ's example of perfection. I've got to rely on his power and his perfection. Because if we rely on my power and perfection, I'm right, I can't do it. I'm not worthy enough. But when I let go and let uh, Christ's example be my guide, not just a guide, but my way of life, things go a little bit better. And when I say a little bit better, things go almost the way they should be most of the time. See, but John the Baptist had to feel this way when Jesus came to him to be baptized. John the Baptist knew who he was. Can you imagine how John felt? John the Baptist, I don't think, was a very timid man normally. But in this instance, he had to feel a little bit insecure. Although he'd been preaching up a storm, people were coming to the desert, to the wilderness, in droves to hear him. He was telling people to repent, and they repented. He was telling people to confess, and they confessed. He was telling people to be baptized, and they were coming to be baptized. Again, John was doing an exceptional job. He was Israel's first prophet in 400 years. People could hardly get enough of him. Again, he was doing a good job. Again, I don't think there was any timidity in his life until Jesus came to him to be baptized. Again, Jesus comes to him to be baptized, he turns timid. Our scripture says John would have prevented it, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me. You see, John had spoken with great authority while he was preaching, but when Jesus came to him to be baptized, he faced real authority. John wasn't sure what to do. I think his first instinct was probably instinct was probably to do nothing. He probably wanted to stop the action. He wanted to run and hide. Believe me, I've been called to a few things that I want to go run and hide. Because I don't feel worthy. But John said, I basically said, I can't baptize you, Jesus. Please don't ask me. I'm not worthy. When we put ourselves in John's position, we can see why he felt this way. Again, he knew that Jesus was the Messiah. But Jesus, then he answered him. He said, let it be so now, for it is proper for us to do it this way to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented. You see, Jesus is our perfect example. What does all this mean? See, I'm not, I don't fully understand 
I don't fully understand why Jesus was called to be baptized. I don't know why he went to John to be baptized. I mean, I, I know John was a, a great prophet. And he was baptizing. But Jesus, how in the world did Jesus need to be baptized? Why? See, Jesus didn't need John to be perfect. All he needed was John to baptize him. He needed John to be faithful to what he was called to do. See, John knew how to do that. He'd been baptizing people. But again, he just didn't feel worthy to baptize Jesus. See, if I'd been in John's shoes, I would have felt the same way. I would have felt unworthy also. Jesus came to me and asked me to baptize him. I said, oh, you've got to be kidding. You know, again, put yourself in that position. But again, Jesus didn't need John's perfection. He didn't need John's worthiness. He needed John to be faithful to what he'd been called to do. Man, but I still can't imagine. But I want us to listen again to the words Jesus said, he said, this is proper way for us to fulfill all righteousness. It's to fulfill scriptures, fulfill what's going to happen. You see, he said, it's proper for me. Actually, he didn't say it's proper for me, did he? He said, it's proper for us. It's proper for us for this to happen. In other words, Jesus saw John as a partner in ministry. He saw this act of baptism being something they were doing together to glorify the Father. See, it was, it was important for Jesus to come to John and be baptized, but also it's important for John to put aside all those questions. Again, he needed to be obedient. See, Matthew doesn't describe the baptism itself, but Matthew does describe the results. Verse 16 tells us, And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly heaven, heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, whom I'm well pleased. Can you imagine that scene? Could you imagine the scene of the heavens opening up and a dove coming down in a loud voice? The Father expressing his love. For his son. You see, this event was so magnificent. Again, we can't imagine heaven opening up and hearing that voice from God. Some, some of us may. That may be the way God talks to some of us. But usually when God talks to me, it's more quiet. It's more when it's just me and him. Not always. Sometimes it can be in a crowd. But I've never heard the loud, thundering voice of God like it describes here. Can you imagine what it must have sounded and felt like? And you see, it didn't happen because John was great. It didn't happen because John was perfect. It happened because John was faithful. John did what God called him to do. 
And God took it from there. You see, there's a message in that for all of us. You see, God's called us to do His work. God's called us to be His people. He's called some of us to preach. He's called some of us to uh, to be in the mission field. He's called some of us to sing in the choir. And he's called some of us to be administrators. He's called others to teach. God has a calling on our life. That calling, that calling, we've got to realize that we don't have to be perfect or worthy to follow that calling. You see, because we follow a perfect Savior, a perfect example. You see, Jesus is being obedient here also. He's doing what he's supposed to do. That's what he did. He's perfect. He's our Savior. He's our perfect Savior. He's our perfect example. He's a teacher. Jesus is a teacher. As I told the kids earlier, that we learn learn in different ways, but I'm convinced the more senses we can get involved in teaching, the more senses we can get involved in learning, the better we retain things. I can tell you something that you may remember for a while. Some of you got good memories. You may never forget it, but most of you will forget it after a time. Even if you're not, Rhonda, most of you will forget what I said. No, I'm just... But the experience of doing, the experience of seeing and then doing is unbelievable. In teaching, there's a model called I do, we do, then you do. Is that right? That's, um, so I do, we do, then you do. And if you look at this example, when Jesus is still teaching John the Baptist right here, he's the perfect example. He's asking John to do something. He's talking about being in ministry, that we're in ministry together. That's we. But then we've got to continue. Again, I can show you how to do something. Some things I can show you how to do. I can tell you how to do them, but unless you do them yourself. Unless you really experience it yourself, do you really know what it's like? I'll tell you what, I've read. Matter of fact, if you want to come with me, I'm thinking about going to fly somewhere. Because I've read some great books. I've had some people tell me how to fly a jet airplane. I've seen it. I know how it's done. I've got the, I mean, I've been in a little simulator, you know. But guess what? I don't really know how to do it. I've never done it. You'll go? Probably not. Rhonda's shaking her head. She's like, I don't even want to get behind it. I don't even want to get in the car with you behind the wheel. That's the truth. But the thing about it is, to really grasp and retain something, yeah, we need a good example. We need to follow a good example. But in order to follow the perfect examples, we've got to do what he did. We have to do what he did. 
whether we feel worthy or not. We're called to be like Christ. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to be Christ. I don't want to be God. But I'm called to be more like Christ every day. There's a difference. God is God. I will never be God. When I'm saying I'm called to be like Christ, I'm not called to be anybody's Savior, but I'm called to follow His perfect example and to point people to that perfect example. That's what I'm called to do. See, Christ lived a perfect life. I can't. But you see, we have that example. And what are we called to do? What did Jesus do while He was here on earth? What did Jesus do? Did Jesus try to tell us how correct he was on every issue? No, he went and fed hungry people. He went to the outskirts and and ate with sinners. He fed people. He loved people. That's the example that Christ has given us. It's what we're all called to do. Whether you're called to be a teacher or pre- or something else, we're called to follow his example. We're called to love each other. You see, whatever we're called to do, Christ is going to meet us there. He's going to give us what we need to fulfill his mission. Some of the things that I've seen happen in ministry, sometimes I thought, you know, well, this is not a big deal. You know, this is, I'm going to go teach a couple of kids. You know, this is not a huge deal. And Christ turns into something more magnificent than you can, can even imagine. At Resurrection a few years ago, which is a huge event for youth. I don't know how many of you have been to Resurrection, but you're talking about thousands of kids praising the Lord. It's a huge event. It's magnificent. It's unbelievable to see kids worshiping God like this and just experience the Holy Spirit moving in their lives. But I'll never forget one year after the session late on a Saturday night, I was called to do a lesson. After these kids had just experienced the most spiritual thing they've ever been through in their life, I'm called to give a lesson. How can I do that? And I'll never forget there was, I don't remember how many of us in the room. It's one of the greatest spiritual events I've ever been to in my life. I can tell you it's in room 327. I can tell you the hotel it's in. I remember exactly where I was. And all I was there with, to do was to follow up with a little Bible study after the session to get the kids calmed down and ready for bed. And I saw the Holy Spirit move like I've never seen before. Going into the lesson, I didn't think it was a big deal. My job was to get kids calmed down, kind of reinforce what they just heard, and go to bed. And we had church again. Sometimes what we see as small things are huge in somebody's life. See, some of the things we're called to do are wonderfully large, and and we look at them and think, and some things are just really small. Whatever you're called to do, do it with your best ability. 
do it like it's the most important mission you've ever done in your life because I'm telling you it is. Fulfill your calling. You see, it's about being faithful. It's not about being perfect. It's about being obedient. It's not about being perfect. You see, make a conscious effort to remember this point. If we're faithful to God's calling on our lives, he will ensure great things will happen. Again, it's not up to us to be great. If we're faithful to the call, he'll ensure that great things will happen. Do you understand? You see, we're not acting on our power. We're acting on God's. We're not acting on our timetable. We're acting on God's. Some of the things you may see instant results. Just like when Jesus was baptized, the heavens opened up, the voice of the Father came, and a dove lighted on his shoulder. We may see instant results. It may take years for some of the things we're called to do to really to show up in fruition and, and be what Christ wants them to be. So we've got to be faithful. We've got to work and do what we're called to do. I wish timing was up to me, but it's not. It's not, I like instant results. I get impatient. I get very impatient. But some of the seeds you're planting right now, you may not see grow for a bit. That doesn't mean that we're still not supposed to be faithful. We're not supposed to be obedient. We're still supposed to be telling people about Jesus Christ. We're still supposed to be following his perfect example. See, God wants us to believe. God wants us to hope. God wants us to be obedient. And God wants us to celebrate. That's what God wants us to do. See, God wants us to be filled with joy. You see, from the beginning to the end of the Bible, it's full of stories about people who are not worthy or not good enough. You see, when David acted in faith, he was able to slay Goliath. When Gideon acted in faith, he and his little band of 300 men were able to defeat a whole army. When Paul and Silas, Silas were faithful, an earthquake came to free him. You see, God's in charge, we're not. I want to repeat that. God is in charge, we're not. Again, my dad used to tell me this all the time. I know I've said it before. I don't, my job is not to worry about the mule, just load the wagon. I've got a job to do. I can't be distracted by things that are going on around me. I've got to do my job. You see, we're all on God's team. When we're in ministry, it's us. It's not just me and you, but it's me, you, and God. If it's just me and you, eh, I can't promise you what will happen, but I can promise you it won't be perfect. But if we partner with God and it's us, I can promise you he can do some amazing things, some perfect things with some people who have limitations. You see, we're on God's team. Listen for the calling. Listen for the calling. And again, God may speak to you in a loud voice. He may speak to you in the quiet of your prayer time but listen God's calling you to something
Christ is our perfect example. Be obedient. Don't be afraid if God calls you to do something great. Don't be ashamed if God calls you to do something small. See, Jesus is faithful. He's faithful when he calls us, he meets us there. See, when we're faithful, then we can see heaven open up. Are you being obedient to his call on your life? Are you listening for that call? Again, it's not a call for perfection. It's a call for obedience. Are you ready to follow Jesus' perfect example? Again, the next few weeks, I'm going to continue with this perfect example and just talk about what we should be doing as we follow this perfect example. And again, remember, when we're talking about a perfect example, it's definitely not me. It's him. It's Jesus. You see, Jesus is our perfect example. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, all you do in our lives. Lord, thank you for the callings you place on us. Lord, I just pray that, uh, that we follow those callings. Lord, that we are obedient to, to what you intend for us to do. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for this community. And Lord, I just pray that if there's anyone here, anyone listening online that doesn't have a relationship with you, that's never heard that call of your voice. Or maybe they're not sure what they're called to do if they have heard the call, but they're not sure what it means. Lord, I just pray that, uh, that they stay in prayer with you, Lord, they partner with you, Lord, that they can do some amazing things when they follow your perfect example. In Jesus' name, amen.